Development of Professional Identity in Clinical Psychologists, a Scoping Review. My name is Sammy Schubert, and I'm the first author on this paper, and I'm here with Lynn Monroe, who is another co-author on this paper um, that we authored alongside Nils Boos and Caroline Hunt. Abstract. Introduction. Our professional identity refers to our sense of who we are and how we should behave as professionals. Professional identities are developed through socialization processes. Established ways of knowing and doing are acquired and reproduced. Professional identities of healthcare professionals have implications for the realization of healthcare reforms that require new ways of being and doing from clinicians. Tension and frustration can arise when professional identities are incongruent with reform directions. More knowledge is required about the professional identities of mental health care professionals, including clinical psychologists, so that they can be supported to develop professional identities that align with healthcare system reforms. Method. We undertook a scoping review of existing literature, aiming to, number one, identify the relevant literature, number two, review the literature quality, number three, thematically summarise the literature findings, Number four, consult with clinical psychologists. And number five, identify recommendations for research, training and practice. Results. A systematic database search of PsycInfo, Sinal, Scopus and Web of Science identified 24 relevant published articles and dissertations. Quantitative studies were excluded due to their markedly different research focus. Included studies were independently reviewed and findings summarised. Findings were organised around three themes, the integration of personal and professional identities, intersectionality and changes in professional identity over time. Research quality issues were identified and the trustworthiness of findings was corroborated in consultation with clinical psychologists. Discussion. Clinical psychologists recognise their professional identities as being interrelated with their personal identities and changing over time. They recognise professional identity as important yet inadequately considered within the profession. The research area is emerging yet remains under-theorised and requires improved research methodologies. Future theoretically informed research is required to build up a credible research base to better understand the development of clinical psychologists' professional identities so that this process can be facilitated to enable the realisation of healthcare reforms. Introduction. Embodying relatively coherent shared professional identities across our own professional group facilitates accountability for the legitimacy and mandate of our profession as a whole within society expediting collective understandings of who we are and how we should behave. Further, professional identities have a critical impact on political, social and healthcare advances and reforms. Internationally, within healthcare services, including mental health care, there has been a widespread criticism of paternalistic models of care and privileging biomedical views of recovery. In this vein, current mental health system reforms demand person-centered clinical care that promotes personal recovery. A radical shift in the way mental health services are delivered requires an equally radical shift by mental health care professionals. However, 
healthcare professionals develop their identities through socialization processes within institutional parameters. Neophytes are exposed to and go on to internalize and adopt institutional norms. In turn, they go on to enact and reproduce institutionally sanctioned ways of being and doing. This is problematic if who I understand myself to be within institutional norms and the behaviours this generates does not align with the reforms and advances. In such situations, reforms will not be realised. While we are beginning to establish how the development of professional identities occurs through socialisation processes, the hows of identity, the exact particulars of this process within and across healthcare professional groups are lacking. Furthermore, it has been argued that there is sufficient difference across healthcare professions to warrant specific attention to disciplines to better understand what this means politically and socially for each healthcare profession. The what's of identity. For example, clinical psychologists are specialised mental health care providers in health settings specifically trained to assess, diagnose and treat patients with complex mental health difficulties. To realise the reform agendas in these contexts, we need to understand the intricacies around clinical psychologists, psychologists' professional identities so they can be supported to develop identities that better align with the reform priorities set for the mental health services in which they work. To begin this process of knowing, a knowledge synthesis approach was deemed the first step before embarking on knowledge translation or the development of new research. Although there have been several recent scoping reviews of professional identities across a range of healthcare professions, exploring how healthcare professions conceptualise, operationalise and assess professional identity formation, only two have focused solely on mental healthcare professionals, with clinical psychologists being notably absent. We aim to address this issue by undertaking a scoping review to address the following overarching research question, how and in what ways do clinical psychologists develop their professional identities? Reviews of professional identity in healthcare professions, what is already known? There have been a number of reviews over the past decade, synthesizing the increasingly available empirical literature, exploring a range of healthcare professional identities. Much of the literature within these studies originates from the USA, Canada, the UK and Australia. Furthermore, the included studies cover a range of healthcare professions across nursing, medicine and other allied healthcare professional groups. Notably within this synthesis, there is a dearth of literature on psychology in general. Cornette and colleagues identified six out of 160 articles Best and Williams report on three out of 19 articles, and Snell and colleagues identify only one out of 96 articles. Furthermore, there are just two syntheses specifically focusing on mental health care professionals, namely psychiatrists and counsellors, although others did include articles with mental health care professions. One out of 19 articles in the review by Best and Williams focused on interdisciplinary mental health care teams and nine out of 92 in the Volp and colleagues review involved counselling or psychology students. 
Across the included studies in the reviews, the main impetus for studying professional identity arises from the remit of examining issues around political, social and healthcare reforms and advances. This is both in terms of the impact of professional identity on reforms, as well as the role of professional identity in adjusting to reforms. This makes sense given that who I am as a member of a healthcare profession influences what I do in that role. Key rationales for the reviews themselves include identifying barriers and facilitators to identity development, the absence of minoritized physicians' professional identities, and curriculum matters, including conceptualizing, operationalizing, and even assessing professional identity development. Bringing these issues together, the importance of better supporting the development of professional identity over time across all minority groups and providing guidance to educators is widely recognized. From these reviews, the message is clear regarding why such support is required. Navigating identity changes over, nav navigating identity changes over time is a complex process which despite commonalities across healthcare professional groups and those within such groups is also radically different. By excluding certain groups, for example, professional or minoritized groups, we necessarily only capture part of the story. Indeed, there is a increasing chorus of researchers critiquing the lack of diversity reflected in the data on professional identities, historically comprising of white, male and medical cultures, and the need for a critical perspective from researchers. One of these absent groups comprises mental health professionals, specifically clinical psychologists, which are the focus of this article. Mental health, the development of therapists. The dearth of professional identity literature in psychology might be due to variations in terminology, theoretical underpinnings, focus and research methodology. Such nuances muddy the waters when it comes to searching and synthesizing the available literature. For example, where researchers in psychology have claimed to investigate professional identity, the term is frequently used as a descriptor label to indicate demographic data, activities, theoretical orientations, training and selected attitudes. Such research acts towards the profiling of the profession for example, clinical psychologists are highly educated, increasingly working in private practice, engage in their own therapy and share overlapping and distinct activities with counselling psychologists. Rather than exploring and offering insights into the subjective sense, sense of oneself as a psychologist. Outside the theoretical lens of identities, the exploration of therapist development including the development of clinical psychologists, is well established. Here, research focuses on professional development. However, similar constructs and concepts are found in the professional identity literature are being used despite drawing on different theoretical frameworks. Thus, research refers to changes in skillfulness, attitudes, cognitive capacities, emotional and interpersonal functioning and vocational identity of therapists. For instance, the large-scale Minnesota study of therapists and counsellor development led to a widely influential model 
of therapist development that describes features of therapists developing resonating with the professional identity literature in other healthcare professions. This includes periods of heightened self-doubt and anxiety as a student, a focus on socialization and learning environments, and disillusionment surrounding discrepancies between the self and perceived expectations of one's role. The present review. Having synthesised the published reviews of empirical studies exploring professional identity across healthcare, healthcare professions and briefly touched on the therapist development literature, we move forward by undertaking a knowledge synthesis to better understand what is known about the professional identities of clinical psychologists. We aim to do this in a way that brings together a broad range of literature that is relevant to professional identity even if this is not made explicit. Clinical psychologists are specifically trained to work in mental health contexts that are unique from other healthcare settings. Patients can present with particularly complex and challenging behaviours and emotional distress, which require specialised ways of working. Nevertheless, clinical psychologists are not the only healthcare professions to work in mental health settings. Mental health nurses, psychiatrists, social workers, and so on all work clinically in such settings. We expect this research will therefore offer a unique perspective relevant to these healthcare professionals. Because we know that the professional identities of healthcare professionals working in mental health settings are shaped by these contexts and that mental health care professionals are being asked to radically shift their ways of working to align with, with reform priorities, we need to better understand how and in what ways their professional identities develop so that we can support the realisation of these reforms. Exploring the literature on clinical psychologists' professional identities will move us one step forward in this direction. Providing information on what is similar and different for a healthcare profession specifically trained to work in mental health settings and paving the way for future research. Objectives. The aim of this study is to systematically review published and unpublished studies investigating the professional identity of psychologists and clinical psychologists working in clinical contexts. In doing so, we seek to one, identify the extent, range and nature of relevant literature, two, review the literature quality, three, summarise the literature findings, Four, consult with psychologists working clinically regarding the findings of the present review. And five, identify recommendations for research, training and clinical practice. Method. We conducted a scoping review together with a quality assessment of papers with reporting guided by the PRISMA extension guidelines for scoping reviews. Scoping reviews share similarities with systematic reviews with a shared focus on rigour, reproducibility and transparency, but differ in their purpose and aims. While systematic reviews are indicated when the intention is to answer a specific research question or inform clinical decision making, scoping reviews are inherently more exploratory and indicate uh, indicated when mapping a large, diverse and novel research topics. 
A scoping review was considered the most appropriate given the complexity and novelty of this emerging research area in clinical psychology, as well as the method allowing for a breadth of coverage across published and unpublished literature. We chose to include a quality assessment as recommended by FAM and colleagues to identify the quality of the studies and inform future research. We adapted the six steps method of method methodological framework described by ASCII. No, ah, I'm going to repeat that again. We adapted the six step methodological framework described by ASCII and O'Malley as follows. Step one, identifying the research question. The overarching research question for this review is how and in what ways do clinical psychologists develop their professional identities with the following sub-questions guiding our analyses. Question number one, what is the scope of empirical research investigating the professional identity of clinical psychologists? Question two, what is the quality of this research? Question three, what are the key themes in the findings of this research? Question four, to what extent do the findings of this review align with the experiences of clinical psychologists? And question five, what recommendations can be made for future research, training and clinical practice? Step two, identifying relevant studies. Professional identity refers to a person's understanding of what it means to think, feel and act as a clinical psychologist in terms of their attributes, beliefs, values, motives and experiences. This present review defines professional identity as the way in which a person understands who they are, who they are not and who they want to be in a professional role as a clinical psychologist. We also consider professional identity as a sense of oneself in a professional role continuously changing and being renegotiated in interaction with others. Here, the concepts of self and identity are interrelated. All literature exploring the self, identity, professional identity formation and professional development was included. The review only included studies with clinical psychologists or psychologists without a specialty indicated working in clinical settings. The key inclusion criteria were number one, research investigating professional identity, identity or self or professional development with findings relevant to clinical psychologist professional identity. Number two, a sample of at least 50% clinical psychologists or students undertaking clinical psychology training. Number three, empirical studies. Number four, published research articles or dissertations, and number five, published in English. Two strategies were used to identify relevant studies. First, a building block strategy was used to systematically search PsycInfo, Sinal, Scopus, and Web of Science. The search included a range of terms around professional identities, psychologists, and clinical psychologists. No country or publication of or date, sorry, I'll repeat that again. No country of publication or date restrictions were applied. 
This process identified a total of 3,241 references. See the Prisma flowchart in Figure 1. After duplicates were removed, 2,859 titles were included for further screening. Second, the building block strategy was supplemented with a citation Perl search. This involved screening the reference lists of included papers and examining the first 20 identified papers in the Scopist and ProQuest databases. This was done to increase the precision and recall of the search. The search was completed in October 2020. Step 3. Selecting studies. Exclusion criteria included number one, conceptualization of professional identity as comprising demographic details, theoretical orientation or competency. Two, an exclusive and narrow focus on professional development. And three, quantitative studies due to the fundamentally different research focus. As depicted in figure one, the inclusion and exclusion criteria were applied progressively at the levels of title, abstract and full text review. The 2,859 titles were, were screened by author SS and subsequently 467 abstracts remained included. Over half of these abstracts, 240, were initially blindly double rated against the inclusion and exclusion criteria by authors SS and CH with good interrelator reliability at 90% agreement. Disagreements were resolved by consensus. A third reviewer, NB, was consulted in cases without consensus. The remaining abstracts were reviewed by author SS following this process, except for nine abstracts that could not be located. This process identified 153 full-text studies that were further examined against the exclusion criteria by SS and 133 studies were excluded. Authors were contacted by SS when further information was required. One author was unresponsive, resulting in the exclusion of that study. This strategy resulted in 19 remaining eligible studies these 19 studies were used to conduct the citation Pell search that resulted in the inclusion of an additional five texts, bringing the total to 24 studies. Although quality reviews are typically not found within scoping reviews, we chose to include a quality review in line with FAM and colleagues. Given the final selection, the final selected studies were qualitative designs, we used the 20-item Blackster criteria for evaluating evaluating qualitative research. See table S1 for an overview of the 20 item checklist. These criteria reflect a wide array of areas that are relevant in the assessment of qualitative research, including methodological rigor, for example, selection of participants and sensitivity of methods, quality of analysis, for example, appropriate analysis and validity checks, presentation, for example, distinction between data and interpretation and author positions, and ethics, for example, ethical issues being adequately considered. Each reviewed article, of which there were 12, was reviewed independently by two authors who then compared appraisals. 
SS then independently applied the criteria to the dissertations, of which there were 12. Step four, charting the data. The key elements extracted from each study were charted for analysis. See Table 1 for a condensed version of this charting outlining authors, context and relevant findings. Step 5. Collating, summarising and reporting the results. The results section includes an overview of the included studies, quality assessment of included studies and thematic summary of findings. We conducted a thematic analysis and coded any findings relevant to professional identity as defined in the present review in the included studies. This involved familiarization with the findings of included studies, generating initial codes for findings relevant to clinical psychologists' sense of self, irrespective of whether authors interpreted their findings in terms of professional identity, collating codes into themes, comparing themes to the codes and findings in original papers for accuracy and reporting the final themes. We used an analytical memo writing process to support the thematic analysis, given the breadth and theoretical perspectives and variations in the use of terminology across the included studies. This allowed us to meaningfully collate and compare codes across studies by applying a higher degree of interpretation. The authors acknowledged that their own positions will have inevitably influenced the process of, the process of collating, summarise, summarising, sorry, I'm going to start that paragraph again. The authors acknowledged that their own positions will have inevitably influenced the process of collating, summarising and reporting the results within this review, despite attempts to be systematic, consider varying perspectives and conduct a consultation to verify our findings. To improve the trustworthiness of the results, we utilised two types of triangulation as part of our analytical process investigator triangulation and theory triangulation. Specifically, interpretations of the results were compared across all investigators from different disciplines and different theoretical perspectives. The first author identifies as a female, white, heterosexual, and is currently a recent graduate and PhD candidate in clinical psychology with a professional background in human rights and intimate and international mental health policy reform. The second author identifies as a male, middle-aged, white and heterosexual university-employed qualitative researcher with a professional background in nursing. The third author identifies as a female, white, heterosexual academic with a background in cognitive linguistics and psychology and healthcare professional education research. The last author identifies as a white, female, heterosexual, senior clinical psychologist and academic with specific interests in the education, accreditation and regulation of the psychology profession. The authors identify as trauma-informed, SS, dialogical, NB and LVM, and cognitive behavioural, CH, in their respective theoretical approaches. The triangulation of perspectives across investigators from diverse disciplinary and theoretical orientations was formative in producing new interpretations of the results, challenging individual investigators' assumptions 
and ultimately impacted how the data was understood and analysed. This process was prioritised by the investigators to increase the validity of the results. Step six, consultation exercise. Levac and colleagues argue that the optional consultation step described by Askey and O'Malley adds methodological rigour and a recent review of consultations in scoping reviews argues that they can be beneficial when used to genuinely activate discussions with stakeholders. An Australian-based consultation was included to confirm whether the findings of the present review align with psychologists' own experiences and to validate the findings. Ten practising clinical psychologists, psychologists working clinically and final stage trainees were identified through professional networks and represented a range of gender identities, male, female and non-binary, sexual identities, heterosexual and LGBTI, racial and ethnic identities, white and non-white and developmental stages, early career to senior. No person identified as having a disability. Those in the consultation were emailed preliminary findings and asked to provide feedback and recommendations on the results of the scoping review. Respondents were asked to comment on ways the findings of the review were similar or dissimilar to their experience. They were also given the opportunity to provide recommendations for research, training and clinical practice based on the results of the review. Respondents were given the option to discuss the results and the consultation process in person. However, all respondents chose to provide a written response. The findings from this consultation are reported within the results and considered further in the discussion. Results. We begin our results section by specifically answering the first three research questions identified above as follows. Research question one. What is the scope of empirical research investigating the professional identity of clinical psychologists? Research question two, what is the quality of this research? And research question three, what are the key themes identified in the findings of this research? References to original studies within the results correspond to the numerical systems used to chart the studies. Actually, we scrapped that last sentence about references because we're not going to use that. Um, extent, range and nature of review studies. Research question one. The 24 reviewed studies were published between 1983 and 2020 with 12 peer-reviewed publications and 12 unpublished dissertations. Of these studies, 14, five peer-reviewed publications, had research aims which explicitly investigated professional identity. In contrast, professional identity was identified in the findings in 10 studies exploring areas such as lived experience of training or working, personal and or professional development and supervision. 10 studies focused on participants in clinical training or recently graduated. All studies were qualitative with one utilising a mixed methods design. Interviews were used for data collection in 21 studies, while three studies analysed written text, including published life narratives or reflective journals. Qualitative data analysis techniques 
techniques varied with predominant methods, including thematic analysis, five, mixed, five, interpretive phenomenological analysis, four, narrative analysis, three, phenomenological analysis, two, discourse analysis, one, grounded theory, one, consensual qualitative analysis, one, listening guide, one, or unspecified, one. The majority of studies were from the US, 16, and remaining from Australia, three, the UK, three, Ireland, one, and South Africa, one. 10 of the USA-based studies focused on the experiences of clinical psychologists from minority groups or with diverse social identities. Quality assessment of reviewed studies. Research question two. The quality assessment of included studies is based on the 20-item framework developed by Blackster. Concepts related to identity or self were often under-theorised and definitions of terms were not often not provided. Dissertations tended to have a stronger theoretical foundation relating to identities. Many papers employed snowballing sampling technique without discussing the limitations. Clear theoretical rationales for sampling and discussion of sampling limitations were beneficial. Direct quotes were often not adequately contextualised, which rendered the quotes difficult to interpret. Longer and contextualised quotes increased the ability to judge the relationship between the data and research interpretations. Details about data collection, often semi-structured interviews, were scarce. Theoretically informed approaches to conducting interviews and interview details assisted the reader to judge the data quality. Methods were often reported abstractly without discussion of how methodological steps were operationalized, although there were some detailed descriptions that demonstrated methodological accuracy. Reports of utilizing reliability and validity checks, for example, independent review and member checking were inconsistent it did not always describe the impact on the findings. Further, most studies described findings that were identified within the data, yet occasionally findings appeared to be moulded to fit theoretical um, assumptions used. When researcher interpretation was found in section seven, it became unclear whether the participant or researcher perspective was presented. Discussions were not always theoretically informed. Divergent perspectives were not always considered, but strengthened research when judiciously used to explore the data. Description of author positions was often absent, yet most common when authors disclosed minority identities related to the research area focus. Credibility was increased when researchers identified strategies to used to minimize the impact of research positions on findings, our appraisal of ethical issues revealed that relationships between researchers and participants was rarely described. In summary, this quality review process indicated a range of research quality issues that were variable across studies, 
although each study displayed strengths and weaknesses. Problems pertaining to the reporting of theory, qualitative research methods and analyses and reporting of findings and interpretations were most frequently identified. Summary of thematic analyses, research question three. Findings were organized around three themes. One, interrogation of professional and personal identities. Two, intersectionality. And three, changes in professional identity over time. Theme one, integration of personal and professional identities. This theme relates to the relationship between personal and professional identities. All texts reported that professional identity was related closely to personal identity, with variations in emphasis, language, and description of this relationship. Descriptions ranged from explicitly describing the evolution of professional identity from personal identity, characteristics or experience, the progressive integration or congruence between personal and professional identity, the indivisibility of personal and professional identity, or a combination of these descriptions. Where no explicit findings about this relationship was reported, there was a focus on the personal self or subjective experience that indicated a clear relationship with professional identity. Despite the clear interdependence of personal and professional identities, the necessity of maintaining separation between them was also reported. Conversely, caution that boundaries also impinged on the expression of personal identity in a professional context and jeopardised authenticity was also described. It appeared that it was precisely because personal and professional identities are so closely intertwined that separation and boundaries are required. Challenging personal experiences were identified as formative in shaping professional identity and acted as catalysts for increasing integration of personal and professional identities. Such experiences often increased resilience, empathy for clients, or clarity surrounding one's professional identity. Personal experiences were not always perceived as favourable, however. Reports of needing to conceal challenging personal experiences were described. Within this professional context, revealing human imperfection or vulnerability or limitations in knowing was experienced as anxiety provoking. In what seemed like a vicious cycle, this angst then further increased difficulty admitting to vulnerability, human imperfection or not knowing. Reports of a perceived incongruence between self-perception and self-expectations of an ideal clinical psychologist were identified and were linked to suppression of personal aspects of the self, reduced flexibility and burnout. The incongruence between perceptions of oneself as is and expectations of how one should be was described alongside high levels of self-interrogation and perceived role expectations to be helpful, fix or perform, or to take the position of expert. Role expectations in the face of vulnerability and imperfection and attempts to hide this generated fear of being found out as a fraud. Explicit discomfort with adopting the role of expert was described 
Yet clinical psychologists perceived admissions of not knowing or embracing uncertainty as challenging. In contrast, increased self-awareness was associated with subsequent acceptance of oneself as is, as a therapist, and an increased ability to integrate personal aspects of the self into professional identity. Valuing self-experience and a sense of authenticity was identified as important as professional identity developed. Clinical psychologists valued and prioritized integrating personal and professional identities and associated this with increased well-being, self-respect and growth. In addition, enhanced confidence and flexibility, sensitivity and insight and expanded therapeutic effectiveness were described. Clinical psychologists did not understand their professional identities in uniform ways, however. There was striking variability, for example, in values, as well as the perceptions of roles and goals, the relationship between personal and professional identity, and the influence of race or culture on professional identity. Further, individual participants saw themselves as comprising multiple competing or contrasting identities. In summary, Professional identity and personal identity were constructed as being inherently intertwined. This interdependence highlighted the need for boundaries between aspects of clinical psychologists' personal and professional selves. Challenging personal experiences were identified as formative in shaping professional identity, for better or worse. There was an overarching sense of how one should be as a clinical psychologist, which valued self-reliance and competence, yet gave rise to feelings of anxiety and, and inauthenticity. Amidst these findings, there was noticeable variation in how clinical psychologists understood their professional identities that highlights the idiosyncratic nature of professional identity. Theme two, intersectionality. This theme relates to wider master identities. Master identities are the relatively stable and unchanging aspects of a person's personal identity, such as race, ethnicity, culture, gender, disability, sexuality, and age. Master identities and how they are bound up with professional identity were discussed frequently within the literature and are therefore explored below. We use the concept of intersectionality to consider the meaning and consequences of master identities in relation to professional identity. The integration of personal and professional identity was particularly nuanced when master identities were considered. Master identities shaped professional identity in complex ways. Navigating how to integrate master identities into professional identity was most explicit when people perceived themselves as a minority, often experiencing marginalization or being othered on this basis. Integration of minority identities into one's professional identity was described as necessary for promoting self-respect and cohesion of sense of self. When minority identities were not able to be adequately integrated into professional identity, this was reported as detrimental. In keeping with the broader theme described above, the indivisibility of one's identity as a clinical psychologist from master identities was clear. For example, the contribution of ethnic identity could not be disentangled from the broader experience of being 
a black and ethnic minority clinical psychologist. Despite the priority for integration of these identities, there was also a need for separation between personal and professional identities, particularly where cultural identities conflicted with perceptions of westernized clinical psychology. Tensions between collectivist cultural identities and perceptions of clinical psychology privileging individualism resulted in a clear separation of these identities across personal and professional contexts. Over time, these boundaries were replaced with a process of integration associated with reduced tension and cognitive dissonance. Personal experiences as Personal experiences associated with particular master identities were reported as being formative in shaping professional identity and contributed to greater awareness of context and power differentials. For example, while black female clinical psychologists foregrounded discussions about their professional identity development within dilemmas about navigating gender, class and ethnic identities, their white counterparts did not. The experience of being the cultural other within a Western context was associated with an understanding of cultural issues and cultural competence. More specifically, distressing personal experiences such as discrimination or oppression were reported as formative in shaping professional identity. Though challenging, these contributed to increased awareness and commitment to social justice or advocacy, or limitations of the profession in terms of power and inequality. Findings suggest that personal experiences of oppression might allow clinical psychologists to empathize with others' experience of discrimination. Minority identities were not always seen as beneficial for professional identity, however. A sense of being different led to an incongruence between how some clinical psychologists with minority identities perceive themselves and how they perceive they should be. For example, black and ethnic minority clinical psychologists were found to equate being a clinical psychologist with being a white clinical psychologist. This sense of difference was often associated with loneliness, isolation and anger and needing to prove oneself as worthy of being a clinical psychologist. This sense of difference often culminated in the progressive integration of social and professional identities and redefining what it means to be a clinical psychologist. Various descriptions of role and identity conflicts between one's professional identity as a clinical psycho psychologist with one's gender, ethnicity or culture age or life stage or sexuality were described. Role conflicts gave rise to dilemmas regarding whether to adapt or conform to the majority status quo or retain unique elements of one's minority identity and were particularly clear in the context of minority ethnic or racial identities, biracial identities or acculturation. In summary, the relationship between professional identity and distinct master identities, race, gender and so on, was particularly nuanced when people identified as a member of a minority group. Although there were nuances and tensions associated with identifying both as a member of a minority group and as a clinical psychologist, 
Clinical psychologists from minority backgrounds were identified as being more empathic, culturally competent and aware of power dynamics when these tensions could be resolved. The results indicated people from minority groups face challenges in entering the profession, both in terms of assumptions around the profile of a typically clinical psychologist, as well as practices within the profession that are perceived as disrespectful or perpetuate inequality. Theme three, changes in professional identity over time. This theme relates to the process of professional identity formation over time. Clinical psychologists understand their professional identities as continuously changing and being renegotiated. Possibly for this reason, Multiple studies featured research questions pertaining directly to personal and professional development. Numerous studies indicated the training and early career period as a critical stage in the process of professional identity formation, and that this simultaneously comprises a period of rapid growth and destabilization of a sense of self. This destabilization was associated with feelings of threat, distrust, isolation and vulnerability, and a sense of needing to relinquish a sense of who one is. Perceived failure as a trainee was often experienced as failure as a person. Training was often seen to lead to disconnection from one's personal self and the development of a false self. This early developmental process of professional identity formation was reported as different for minority and majority groups. Both reported a process of integration of personal and professional identities over time. Yet while those with majority identities described an individual, linear and developmentally focused narrative of change, those with minority master identities presented narratives in which their experiences of difference and discrimination shaped professional identity formation in a cyclical manner. Clinical psychologists reported that there was an inadequate focus on professional identity during training and that navigating professional identity occurred through informal or opportunistic means. This arose alongside recognition that trainee professional identity formation is moderated by the interaction between trainees and training environments highlighting the critical role for training contexts in professional identity development. Recommendations for training courses to focus more explicitly on personal aspects of the self and master identities were common. Trainees often felt supported to integrate personal and professional identities in the context of supervision, mentoring or reflective practice, although the potential for supervision to impinge on this process was also described. The process of professional identity formation was reported as continuing to fold amongst well-established and practicing clinical psychologists. Again, a non-linear and cyclical process was reported amongst clinical psychologists, navigating this within the context of wider social identities, accompanied by self-doubt and the plausibility of integrating personal and professional identities. Regardless of developmental stage, Professional identity formation and changes over time were described as deeply personal and emotionally taxing, although the emotional toll was more apparent amongst trainees. 
Professional identity formation was reported to involve becoming progressively more self-aware and self-accepting. Despite being challenging, this process of self-reflection often resulted in greater self-awareness, redefining the ideal clinical psychologist, increased resilience, and increasing and increasing precedence given to one's authentic self. In summary, clinical psychologists' professional identities were found to be continuously evolving across the professional lifespan in a non-linear and emotionally taxing way. Training and early career were identified as periods of growth and destabilization. Education settings and supervision were identified as formative in shaping professional identities, although initiatives to support fruitful professional identity development were seen to be lacking. A more explicit focus on professional identity formation in training contexts was requested. The ongoing process of changes to professional identity was described as unique to each person with particular nuances emerging for those with minority identities. Consultation with clinical psychologists. We now consider our fourth research question. To what extent do the findings of this review align with the experiences of clinical psychologists? Responses from clinical psychologists and psychologists who participated in the consultation largely echoed the review findings. With respect to theme one, their responses clearly confirmed the delicate balance of navigating the progressive integration of personal and professional identities and the need for separation between these. Almost all participants echoed the value of increased self-awareness and self-acceptance as being instrumental in allowing for greater integration of personal and professional identities. They confirmed this results in increased authenticity, flexibility, therapeutic effectiveness, and a willingness to tolerate uncertainty and move away from the position of expert. Those consulted who identified with a minority identity commented on related findings in theme two. Their experiences were not uniform, nor did they neatly, neatly correspond to the experiences of those reported in the reviewed studies. Rather than membership of a particular minority group being challenged per se, the sense of being different was indicative of turmoil associated with professional identity. For some, identifying as non-heterosexual or non-Anglo was not problematic, but fears of being perceived as different led to concealed aspects of oneself within the profession. Regarding scene three, the consultation confirmed that training and early career experiences were emotionally taxing. Less experienced clinicians identified closely with experiences of destabilization of self, expectation to be professional and pressure to conceal personal experiences such as mental health difficulties. Experienced clinicians described the benefits of supervision and reflective environments in supporting professional identity formation and how this was associated with growth and authenticity. Findings from the review that clinical training inadequately considers professional identity and its complexities aligned with the experiences of almost all respondents. For some, maturation of one's professional identity and congruence with self had occurred in spite of clinical training. 
training overseas in programs that had explicit focus on personal development and personal therapy were described as facilitating a congruent professional identity. The consultation featured consistent recommendations for training context to focus on the integration of personal and professional identities. More broadly, suggestions were made that a focus on professional identity in training contexts should expand beyond the individual level to consider broader professional issues and debates. For example, alignment to medical or more traditional psychotherapeutic approaches, as trainees must navigate these topical issues while forming and renegotiating their professional, their developing professional identities. Discussion. The present review systematically explored and evaluated empirical studies investigating the professional identity of clinical psychologists. Due to the fundamentally different focus of the literature using quantitative research methods, these studies were excluded resulting in the synthesis of findings from qualitative research studies. The majority of articles, 21, utilised interview data, with the remaining three drawing on published life narratives and reflective journals. This reflects the state of qualitative professional identities research across other disciplines. For example, a recent review of physician identities research identified that semi-structured interview data prevails. We begin by discussing research quality before considering how our findings fit with the wider literature on healthcare professional identities and new reforms for person-centered care. In terms of research quality, due to the absence of a widely cited core literature around professional identities in clinical psychology, many studies failed to build upon one another. Research often lacked theoretical clarity and was embedded across a range of theories. Indeed, this is not uncommon in healthcare professions identity research. This common lack of theoretical grounding across healthcare professional identities research is concerning, as it can lead to the siloing of research and the failure to build knowledge around a solid foundation. Our findings around increasing integration between personal and professional identities culminating in a more optimal therapeutic self and the ongoing nature of changes over time typically characterised by early career anxiety are all consistent with longitudinal research exploring therapist development. Furthermore, concerns of human imperfection, limitations of knowledge in the context of perceived expectations to fix or take up the position of expert and feeling like a fraud were all identified as causing career anxiety, resonate with the wider literature with medical, nursing, and so social worker professional identities. The presence of these constructs are sure to have implications for healthcare reforms. Personal recovery-oriented mental health care reforms shift the focus from fixing mental illness and require clinicians to recognize clients as experts in their own experience, inherently requiring an acknowledgement of the limits of clinicians' own expertise. As they are supported to find connectedness, hope, identity, meaning, and empowerment in their own lives. Working in a recovery-oriented way requires flexibility, humility, and a tolerance of uncertainty from clinicians. Characteristics which our review found are compromised 
by disruptions to integration of personal and professional identities. Similarly, our findings are consistent with research revealing strong associations between a therapist's experience of their personal and professional selves in other literature, as well as more widely across healthcare professional identities work. While much of the therapist development research is concerned with describing general trends, our review highlighted the deeply personal and idiosyncratic nature of professional identity and suggest that the experience of perceiving oneself as different may be linked to unease as a clinical psychologist. In fair, indeed, sorry, I'll start again. Indeed, the very notion of identities is the feeling of fit in terms of identifying with others like us in the same profession due to physical, values-based or attitudinal attributes. This finding shares parallels with the literature exploring therapist development and the emphasis on belonging to a professional group across the broader healthcare professions literature on professional identity. Indeed, it's easy to imagine how perceptions of how one should be as a professional, which conform to and align with established ways of working, can perpetuate, this, can perpetuate the status quo for better or for worse. If existing ways of being and doing in mental health care service settings do not align with reform priorities, pressure to conform is a threat to reform realisation. Notably, existing professional identity research considering issues of diversity is sparse across healthcare professions, resulting in criticisms that the literature has inadequately considered issues of power relations, inequality and diversity. We therefore expand on this work in our study. Indeed, the separation between how people experience themselves as being and how they perceived they should be was amplified in the case of many clinical psychologists who identified with minority groups. This nuance in how people's experiences of wider master and minority identities intersected with professional identity was subsequently reflected in the divergent consultation responses. Within the studies and verified by the consultation, identifying as a member of a minority group in and of itself was not described as troubling. In fact, this increased awareness and commitment to issues of power, inequality and discrimination within the profession, issues known to disproportionately impact clients of mental health care services and important for, for clinicians to be aware of from a recovery-oriented perspective. Rather, it was the sense of being different from peers or colleagues or perceptions of how one should be as a clinical psychologist that were distressing. Interestingly, similar to other studies, we found that many studies exploring minority identities in Western settings were authored by researchers disclosing the same minority or master identities. This finding suggests the researchers may perceive such issues to have been inadequately considered in mainstream research. Indeed, author position statements were comparatively lacking in studies that did not consider minority identities and diversity issues. The variation in responses within the studies and consultation attests to the unique ways in which clinical psychologists understand themselves. The understanding of one's own professional identity was identified as being so fluid and personalised that by, that by its very nature it resists oversimplification. 
This richness is consistent with increasing self-authored personal accounts of the experience of becoming a clinical psychologist. If clinical psychology were to adopt the shift occurring in medicine to more explicitly recognise that its trainees and members are people, individuals with their own personal, emotional and cultural stories, the profession would be better equipped to support clinical psychologists in their sense-making around their roles and day-to-day activities. We suggest that these findings exist within a unique social, cultural, political and economic context of the primary literature and that our findings are inherently intertwined with the broader debates and developments within the profession of clinical psychology itself. Critiques the profession lacks diversity in its professional membership and theoretical orientations, as well as the shift towards a medicalized understanding of distress, undoubtedly shape the professional identities of clinical psychologists and resonate with the findings of our review. Although we recognize that the broader context have influenced the findings of the primary literature and our review, we suggest that further generalizations spanning different time periods and jurisdictions would be speculative and beyond the scope of the present review. Strengths, challenges and limitations. As with all studies, there are challenges and limitations in our review. First, quantitative studies were excluded to maintain the theoretical integrity of the review. This literature overall was considered to represent the profiling of the profession rather than being an exploration of professional identity as a sense of self. Although the inclusion of a quality assessment process increased the rigour of our review, This highlighted that findings from papers with varying levels of reported quality have been synthesised together and should be kept in mind. The inclusion of dissertations protected against publication bias. However, the discernible difference in length rendered comparisons problematic as dissertations included noticeably more detail. Despite these limitations, our review has multiple strengths. It is the first systematic review of this topic, a research area of importance among healthcare professionals more widely, as well as clinical psychologists specifically with implications for the quality provision of healthcare services. The use of rigorous and transparent methods, quality assessment, extensive collaboration across all authors and consultation with practicing and trainee clinical psychologists increase the trustworthiness of this review alongside novel findings. Recommendations for research, training and clinical practice. We begin by providing recommendations for strengthening research across all healthcare professional groups to enable more robust future recommendations. Suggested recommendations for training and clinical practice are then provided, being mindful of the data on which they are predicated that could support the professional identity development of healthcare professions more broadly, with particular relevance for providers of mental health care services. First, professional identity research would benefit from integrating considerations relating to personal identity, intersectionality and changes over time. Second, researchers should clearly define terminology relating to identities, clarify the terms used for participants, for example, their level of study and training, and provide descriptions of of participants' professional training and work context 
to contextualise research findings. Third, sophisticated research questions and methods informed by identity theories would ensure coherency between theory and methods to enhance research credibility. Specifically, more sophisticated and interdisciplinary conceptualizations of identity from a social constructionist perspective would be beneficial in designing research that illuminates how professional identities are constructed and transformed in interactional spaces and the characteristics of professional identities constructed in these spaces. Fourth, authors should clearly articulate how they operationalize qualitative methods and not overprivilege researcher interpretations at the risk of undermining the credibility of findings. Researchers considering their own identities and articulating author positions, possible impact on findings, and strategies used to mitigate this is essential. Finally, consideration of intersectionality and diversity matters by all researchers, rather than just those who identify as belonging within a minority group would be beneficial. Implications for training and practice are also indicated, although this would require further investigation. Our findings highlighted that many clinical psychologists experience themselves as different to how they perceive they should be, which we suggest may be indicative of problematic perceptions of expected ways of being and doing as a clinical psychologist. This has significance for the realization of mental health reforms. If clinical psychologists feel compelled to acquire professional identities reflecting sanctioned ways of being and doing, realization of mental health reform priorities will not be achieved to the extent that these perceived expected professional identities conflict with reform priorities. In other words, realizing reforms will require all mental health professionals, not only clinical psychologists, to feel supported in acquiring identities that embrace and sanction ways of being and doing that are required to provide person-centered and recovery-oriented clinical care. At an individual level, perceptions that one differs from how one should be has been associated with burnout, retention difficulties, and compromised well-being clinicians across other healthcare professions. Collectively, this finding highlights the importance of the both the system level and the individual clinician level of supporting professionals working in mental health contexts, such as psychiatrists, mental health nurses, and so on, to acquire optimal and coherent professional identities during training and across the professional lifespan that moves services towards reform. Indeed, the American Association of Community, Community Psychiatrists has noted that reconceptualizing professional identities across multidisciplinary healthcare teams will require a shift towards understanding oneself as facilitative rather than, rather than directive, hope-inspiring rather than pessimistic, and enhancing patient autonomy instead of embracing paternalistic models of care. In particular, attitudes and expectations of oneself when working with patients assessed as high risk have been identified as variables impacting the capacity to work in reform-oriented ways. The finding that training and entry into the profession inadequately supports professional identity development, including the integration and maintaining separation between personal and professional identities, 
indicates training institutions can do more to support early career clinicians in developing their professional identities. This is not dissimilar to review findings in medical education where the development of professional identities was one of the top two recommendations addressed. Research suggests that a deliberate pedagogical approach that values role models, provides guided reflective practice and includes longitudinal, inclusive and tailored mentorship in supported learning environments that encourage alignment between values and actions could be beneficial. Furthermore, training programs could utilize other insights from medicine and support supervisors and educators to understand constructionist informed pedagogical methods to facilitate explicit conversation about identity construction. Here, students share their experiences and clarify their goals, values, and objectives in becoming clinical psychologists that align with system reforms. Our findings also suggest such efforts would benefit from being responsive to the, to the developmental stage and individual circumstances of the supervisee. Inclusion. We have reviewed the scope, quality and findings of the literature investigating the professional identity of clinical psychologists and psychologists in clinical settings. The pleasant, present review indicated that professional identity is an area of emerging research interest relative to a range of professional issues and uniformly recognised as a topic worthy of increased attention within clinical psychology. Further, our results highlighted parallels with the professional identity literature across healthcare professions more broadly and indicate that clinical psychology would benefit from applying this learning and that these professions may likewise benefit from the recommendations provided. Despite broad similarities, however, we still do not know the distinct ways that clinical psychologists understand themselves. We do not know what it means to be and become a clinical psychologist. Being a clinical psychologist extends further than technical skill and knowledge to a way of being and doing and will require a deeper understanding of the processes and outcomes of professional identity formation. These insights are required to nurture and support clinicians from training through to clinical practice in ways that align and align with and support the realization of mental health care reform priorities. Theoretically, sophisticated research efforts to build up a credible literature base to better understand how clinical psychologists develop their professional identities, the unique features or characteristics of these identities and how this process can be supported are now needed. Author contributions. Samantha Schubert, Niels Boos, and Caroline Hunt contributed to the design of this review. Samantha Schubert conducted the literature searches and analyses and drafted the manuscript. Niels Boos intellectually contributed to the designing of the literature search and the equality analysis and reviewed drafts of the manuscript. Caroline Hunt assisted with screening studies for inclusion and quality analysis and reviewed drafts of the manuscript. All authors collaborated on writing drafts of the manuscript with Lynn Munro leading on the introduction. Finally, all authors con intellectually contributed to the revision following peer reviews comment with Lynn Munro leading on the first draft of changes. All authors approved the final manuscript for resubmission. Acknowledgements, 
the authors wish to acknowledge the contributions of the following people to the consultation process. Sarah Barakat, Hayley Donoghue, Rebecca Hart, Chloe McDonald, Steve Mayers, Laura Rizzuto, Louise Sharp, Alice Shires, Gemma Todd, and Vera Yeo. Open access publishing facilitated by the University of Sydney as part of the Wiley University of Sydney Agreement via the Council of Australian University Librarians. Conflict of interest. All authors declare they have no competing interests. Ethics statement. We were not required to obtain ethical approval for this review as it comprises existing literature. Thanks for listening. Thank you. <laughs>